Welcome to Enlightened Empaths, your community for the spiritually awakened. We're so happy that you took a moment to join us this week. Denise and I are going to be talking about the beautiful power and gift of surrender. And before we dive into the definition of surrender and how you can use it in your own life to empower your goals and to help you live your soul purpose now, we thought it would be fun for Denise to pick a card from Dr. Orloff's The Power of Surrender Cards. And so we thought she could just shuffle and ask what card do our listeners need to know now for this discussion on surrender. So Denise, what do you have for us? Well, first of all, I want to say this is a beautiful deck and it's very easy to work with. I've made a really quick connection with it. You know, some decks it takes you or oracles or tarot or whatever, any kind of divination, it takes you a while to make that connection. These really speak to me and I think they would to all of us. And Dr. Orloff talks about surrender being the divine art of letting go, you know, the ability to flow instead of clenching or obsessing and over controlling. And there's a real variety of meanings that come up. And I did shuffle and pick, and the card that came up for all of us, which feels very, very appropriate in my world as well, is surrender to divine timing. Sometimes divine timing may differ from your ego's timing. If a goal isn't manifesting fast enough, according to your ego, be patient and trust the universal flow. They're very direct and succinct. The illustrations are beautiful. She talks about, there's just a very one-page little instruction book that goes with this. And she, you know, when she says, when you're asking a question about surrender, when you're working with the deck, or I think in general, is come from a sincere, heartfelt place and ask something specific. For instance, what habits can I surrender in order to be healthier? And then see what you get. Or what emotional block can I surrender to find a soulmate? Or how can I surrender more to my sensuality or spirituality? And then pick the card and see what you get for an answer. And, and she says, or another thing she suggests, which is very, very basic, but I think a lot of us forget sometimes, is she said, read the card slowly and allow the message to sink in. And, and really think about it and cherish that message. See how it applies to your life. But she puts warning in italics and it says, if you're unhappy with an answer, do not draw more cards until the, you find one, the one you like. And I know so many people who, who read or work with cards or do it for themselves. That's the default thing. Oh, I don't think that, I don't think I asked the question right. I better try it this way. So, oh, yeah. you know, trusting yeah. that the card you pick is perfect for you at the time. And with everything we talked about in the last show about new energy, this being a three-year, this divine timing card feels spot on. I agree. Yeah, surrendering to divine timing is sometimes really hard, especially in this culture we live in of now, now, now. Yes, exactly. You know, I want to talk about what surrender is, and I want to talk about what surrender is not. It was interesting. I was just doing some research for our topic and I was just googling famous quotes on surrender and just kind of seeing what the great minds of our day were saying about surrender and I kept coming up with all these sport quotes never give up never surrender surrender is defeat and then I came to all the spiritual quotes on surrender and we'll mention some of those today but when I was reading those athletic sports quotes I was thinking that is 
what we have been taught about surrender. It's the white flag. It's giving up. And many of us equate that word with losing. And especially, I think, at least in our American culture, that's one of the worst things you can be called as a loser. And yet, if you look at surrender from a spiritual perspective, embracing the art of surrender is the only way to win at this game of life. That's a very, very good point. And a lot of times surrender is equated to letting go of trying to control the outcome. And I mean, if you, any 12 step, that's the first thing, admit you're powerless, surrender to divine. And this feels very, very apropos. Also with true surrender, you let go of being attached to a specific outcome. Yes. And learning the art of surrender has so much to do with manifesting your dreams and goals. It's sometimes letting go of the how. That's what's blocking us from manifesting exactly what it is we're afraid to surrender. We get so caught up in the how. How will this happen? How will I do that? How will the right people fall into line for this goal to come true? But when we surrender the house, then we can actually manifest the outcome. Now, I'd love to hear your definition of surrender, Denise. For me, surrender is really learning to trust the universe. If you think about it, when you're trying to control something, what's at the heart of any control freak? Fear. And what's at the heart of fear? An inability to trust to trust other people, to trust the process, and to trust yourself. And so I think when we truly practice surrender, what we are doing is we're living in alignment with the divine energy that runs through all of us. That's how you get into the flow, and that's how you truly learn to embrace your part in the universe. That was beautifully, beautifully said. Thank and you. My, my definition is a little more simplistic is to get out of the way, to let go, let God, whatever your definition of God may be. For me, because I can be a little hard-headed and stubborn, and I know people who love me are laughing at that because it's very, very stubborn. Perseverance, I like to call it that instead. Sometimes I have to get to that place where I don't have any other options because I'll try to bulldoze through or I'll try to you know, buck up, stay tough, do what you need to do. And when you get to that place where there's no choice left but to give up, where you just can't do it anymore, or you keep hitting that brick wall over and over and over again. But a huge part of it for me is having the faith to know I can take the leap of faith and I'm going to be okay. And that to me is that complete surrender. When you let go of the reins and you say, please point me in the right direction or please take care of this for me. I've never been disappointed, ever. Yes, yes, beautifully put. You know, we're given so many opposing messages throughout our life. We often hear, you must keep going. You know, what did Churchill say? If you're going through hell, keep going. Mm -hmm. There's all these quotes, you know, as a, as a, as a hopeful writer, I'm always reading quotes by writers to inspire me and, and keep me motivated. And one of my favorite quotes, I think it's by Anita Shreve, who wrote The Pilot's Wife. It says, 
The only difference between a published writer and an unpublished writer is the published writer never gave up. And so we get these messages all the time of don't give up, keep going, knock on that door until it opens. And then we get this equal, equally strong message of surrender, give up, let go, what you resist persist. And I think it can be hard to take those two divergent messages and bring them into balance in your life. The way I have done it is I, I will persist and I will push. It's just who I am. And then I get to this point, you know, I'm stubborn, so it might take me longer than the average person, but I will get to this point where I'll go, oh, I, I guess this isn't my door. Right. And when I do that and I surrender and I let go, sometimes that door opens. Other times, usually, another door, a better door opens. But I don't regret the pushing, the perseverance, and the persisting that I have done for different goals that didn't work out in that way because I learned so much about myself in the process. So I don't think it's a matter of looking at these two different messages, persist, push, keep going, don't give up, and this other message of surrender, let go, allow. I don't think it's a matter of choosing one or the other. I think you have to embrace both of those messages and pull them into balance in your energy. Surely, Denise, you've known people who have given up too easily, and that's not the answer either. No. We're not saying, if something doesn't work out, just give up, surrender to it. It's not your door, move on. That's not the message I'm hoping to convey today. I think we need to push through. I think we need to show the universe that we're ready for that door to open. I think we learn how strong and capable we are when we do persist. But I think when we get to that moment of fatigue, and frustration and stagnation, that's when we need to invite that second option in of surrender. Abraham has a beautiful statement on this. Whenever we re release resistance, our vibrational point of attraction automatically returns to its natural state of well-being and allowing. And there's an analogy of a cork will automatically float. And when we let go and allow ourselves to float rather than trying to fight it, it does bring us back to a vibrational balance that we don't have when we're in that control space. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's, and that's the key is balance. Well, I'll match you quote for quote, Denise. Here's one. <laughs> Here's one by Marion Williamson. She says, one of the most important shifts we can make is to shift from seeing surrender as a sign of defeat to seeing it as a land of victory inside ourselves. There is no real peace, happiness, victory, or joy without surrender. And I think she's right. I think it is a shift in seeing surrender not as a sign of loss or losing, but as a sign of ultimate victory. But as empaths, as sensitive people, as intuitives, We've talked about this a lot, how so many of us didn't feel like we had a, a lot of control in our family of origin or in past relationships or in work environments, you know, fill in the blank. So it can be really difficult because we've never had a whole lot of practice with when we did let go of the reins, having things fall into place gently and naturally. 
But now as this new energy is coming in, it truly feels like that's what we need to do so that we can all step up and feel more confident and comfortable with who we really are. Mm, yeah, well said. Well, I, I think the art of surrender is knowing when to fight on versus when to let go. Yes. You know, like that old song, you got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them. Right. And I think that comes not easily, but with experience and trust. I do think there's a point and there are certain situations in our life that are worth fighting for. And I think there are others that are trying to teach us surrender. You can only really know which is which, in, in my opinion, through reflecting on your past experiences and through relying on your intuition. So look back through your life and think about things you've really fought for and how that went. And then look at things that you just surrendered to and look at how that went. Another good way to experience surrender is to choose it as your word of the year. I did that several years ago and it created a powerful shift in my life that I'm really, really grateful for. And I just went throughout that whole year just trying to find situations and circumstances and relationships that I just needed to surrender. I, I learned and I grew so much that year and I'm, I'm still learning and growing obviously, but I'm still processing the lessons from that year in really powerful, helpful ways. That's a really good point because surrendering to the past, if we've had loop tape stuck in our head or we're being, you know, how you'll get caught on an old memory playing over and over in your head and you feel like that's a block for you, one step might be to, and, and you know, yes, try to forget, try to forgive. All of those things make sense, but also get to that place where accepting that letting go of, of wishing it had been what it should have been, or it, it should have been something else. For a lot of people, if their marriage has ended or their children have gone through a rough time, that can be very traumatic stuff or, or a passing that it shouldn't have been this way. I think when a lot of people, I just got a flash of, um, my father died quite young and my mother was very angry because she said it wasn't supposed to be this way. And we, we waited for this time in our lives to be able to do these things. And now he's gone and I don't have anyone to do it with. And I think that that happens so much is that we have these expectations or we think, oh, well, when this, when my kids move out or when they go to school or when, but trying to find a way that to find peace with the fact that it isn't what you thought it would be, but it brought you to where you are now. I think that's one of the hardest lessons anyone can learn. And I don't think the universe helps us a whole lot with that. Let me explain. If you choose, if, if you just imagine life as a marathon, and let's say you're running the marathon, you've trained for it your whole life, and you trip and fall and you really hurt your ankle. And so you choose to sit on the sidelines and just be pissed off for the rest of the marathon. No one's going to come up to you and go, now, Jane, you really should keep going. You fought for this. You trained for this. People are just going to run by you and go, oh, poor thing. She hurt her ankle. I think that's how life works. If you get pissed off at something that happened in your life, whether it's righteous anger or not, it's up to you to get out of that energy or not. I mean, haven't you known people like your mom's situation who have chosen to just remain bitter and resentful the rest of their lives over a terrible circumstance? It comes up all the time in so many different scenarios. Yeah. It's 
feeling wronged by a spouse or a job, it, it comes up over and over and over. And there's been a real wave of that the last several months with readings of people feeling a little stuck and trapped and having stuff from the past revisiting, which is a great catalyst to let it go and move forward. But you, you are incredibly accurate with it's one of the hardest things to do. It really is. But I think being in the game is better than being on the sidelines. So even if you have to get up and hobble your way to the finish line, I always think that's the better option. And the only way sometimes we can do that is through surrender. Very good point. Now, I think as well, you can you can look at different sides of this in your life. So for example, I mentioned looking at events in your life, but also look at stumbling blocks in your life or look at, okay, what am I trying to talk? I, I do this. Whenever I don't know how to say something, Denise, I talk around it like someone circling a campfire. So I'm just going to say <laughs> what I'm trying to say. One of my stumbling blocks that I've always wondered, do I just surrender to this or do I fight it, is my shyness with my mediumship. It's a, as you know, it's a real issue for me. I've never been comfortable demonstrating. I've never done group readings. When I signed up for that seminar where I met you and found out it was stage mediumship, I almost had a heart attack. And so there's a part of me that says, okay, Samantha, you're just supposed to overcome this. You know, that's why you stumbled into this uh, weekend workshop with John Holland, because you're supposed to do demonstrations of your mediumship. So you just need to fight it. You just need to do it. And I'll get emails from people all the time saying, why aren't you out there more? Why aren't you putting yourself out there? Why aren't you showing people what you can do? And those are such lovely emails and I appreciate each and every one of them. And every time I get those, you know, that say, why aren't you trying this? Why aren't you doing that? Why aren't you traveling here? I always think, yeah, why aren't I? And then I think, well, that's just not who I am. It's just really not who I am. I'm much more comfortable writing about how to do mediumship rather than demonstrating how to do mediumship. And so that's a struggle I find with surrender is if inherent in your personality is a shyness, are you supposed to fight that and overcome it? Or are you supposed to surrender to it and find your own unique way to share your light? Do you know what I'm saying? That, yes, and I actually think both are the correct answer. I, yeah, I, I, I think I've come to that too. Go ahead. No, I just truly, because you can, you can look at it. I'm seeing two roads running parallel. And, and I think what I've noticed is you, you, we may step from one road to the other. We may be on that, I'm more out there, I'm more involved, and then step back again. But if, it, if it's uncomfortable, if it's, I don't want to be up on a stage, but I'll do group readings in a home. I don't like to do more than, say, 10 or 12 people at the most because it's a, it's a very different energy. It's a lot of work, and it's, I'm not comfortable with big groups of people. So whatever, I mean, we're using our mediumship as the example, but I think that applies to anything. No, I do too, and that's what I'm trying to say. Like, if if you're constantly pushing yourself to be something that you're really not, if you're just not an extrovert, should you push yourself to be an extrovert or should you just surrender to the fact that you're an introvert? And what I have found is that when I surrender to who I truly am, sometimes the things I've, I've been afraid of just aren't as scary. 
right. anymore. And so I think we should practice surrender not only with events and people in our lives, but also with what we view as personality blocks in ourselves and surrender to that. For me, it's been a way for me to love myself more deeply as well, rather than belittling and berating myself for being shy and afraid to be front and center on a stage. I've just accepted that about myself and loved myself for being humble. And it's okay. At least circles. that's what I'm telling myself. <laughs> but that also circles back to the fear thing. Are we afraid because of being so introverted and, you know, introverted and shy? Or is it, uh, so I, I, I agree. I think we just have to go with what works for you at the time. It's about being present. It's not, yes. it's not worrying about the outcome and I should be doing this. Or I, just because you can doesn't mean you have to. Right. Right. I want to talk about some specific stories of how this has worked in my life and in some of my clients' lives. Uh, but before we get into specific stories and examples, I just want to take a moment and tell everybody about some webinars that Denise and I have coming up, um, which I'm happy to report are already filling up. So we're doing our Business of Being Spiritual class uh, this week, which you can find on my website. And that is a webinar where we teach you how to take the next step and go into business for yourself with any type of spiritually based business. In February, Wednesday evenings, February 6th, 13th, 20th, and 27th, we're teaching our Mediumship 101 class. And in this class, we will teach you everything we've learned about being a medium, how to open up and embrace your innate abilities, but also how to hone and strengthen and practice them partnered up with someone new from class. You'll have exercises you can do with your partner to really see where your mediumship strengths lie. You also get invited to a closed Facebook group so you can continue connecting with like-minded people who are working and growing their own mediumship as well. In March, uh, during the day on Fridays, we're offering our advanced mediumship class. This is for anyone who has taken our mediumship 101 class. And this one is offered March 8th, 15th, 22nd, and 29th, um, the Fridays in March, from noon to 1.30 p.m. Eastern time. And in that class, we're going to take your mediumship to the next level and teach you a lot of different techniques like medical mediumship, animal communication, all sorts of different types of mediumship that you can start to employ into your practice. Again, you'll be partnered up with someone new each week and be able to practice new exercises. We're going to offer that class again in the evenings in April, Thursday evenings from 7 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. That advanced mediumship will be April 4th, 11th, 18th, and 25th. We really hope you can join us for some or all of those. Also, don't forget to join us on our Facebook page, Enlightened Empaths. And if you get a moment, leave us a review on iTunes because it helps other people to find us. Um, and we are going to have a lot of exciting guests coming up for you on some upcoming shows. We're really, really happy to bring to you. So we hope to stay tuned for all of that. We're going to bring you our Community Connection show. Right, Denise? Mm-hmm. So if you have a story or a question you want to share for our community connections, you can email us, enlightenedempaths at gmail, or you can send us a message on Facebook, Enlightened Empaths, and we will connect with you in either of those formats. 
Anything else you want to add? I do. I don't usually advertise events that I'm going to be doing, but on February 7th in the evening in Portland, Maine, I'll be doing mini readings, but it's a, a, a women's nurture night out. It, you can find it on my Facebook page, The Grateful Messenger. There's a, a little post about it, but it's all women-owned businesses in Maine who, and there'll be practitioners there. There'll be Reiki and acupuncture and Zumba classes and astrology and readings and cosmetic uh, enhancement. It, there is just this plethora of people that are going. It's free admission. A lot of the events and activities are free or minimal cost. There'll be jewelry. It's a really, really cool event. And that's on February 7th in Portland, Maine. Uh, I think it's from 530 to 8. So awesome. I'm looking forward to that as well. Oh, and if you guys can see Denise in person, you're just, you're such a good reader. I just, I oh, recommend you to everyone. Thank you. Okay, so I wanted to start with some of, some personal examples about surrender. And the first example I came up with, Denise, is not a good one. So I just want, I just want to preface this and say, like, this is a weird story, but just, just bear with me. This summer, I was checking my mail and I, and I got a letter from my insurance company and it said, your roof is now 20 years old. Therefore, if you don't get a new roof, we're going to cancel your policy by March of 2020. Mm. And I remember I just sat on my deck and I stared at that letter and I was like, holy shit, like, you know, I just got through all this crap. Now I got to come up with money for a roof. So I got an estimate. The cheapest estimate I got was $18,000. And I don't know about you, Denise, but I don't have 18 grand sitting in my checking account. <laughs> so I was like, what do I do? And I was talking to my friend Joel about it, and I was like, what do I do? And he was like, well, could you sell some crystals? I was like, I don't have that many crystals. <laughs> so I was like, okay, you know what, Samantha? What has worrying ever gotten you in life? And I thought, nothing. It's gotten me a big, fat nothing. And so I thought, okay, fine. If we have to get a new roof, we'll just get a bank loan. But we're not going to worry about it today. Because today is August, and March is a long time away. And we'll deal with it once the kids are back in school. That's how I talk to myself. So I was like, okay, fine. And then, this is where the bad example comes into play. And we were hit by that terrible hurricane. And while it was awful and people lost their lives... I am not saying it was a blessing for me, but what I am saying is that I surrendered to this huge worry of having to pay for this roof. I just surrendered it. I was like, okay, I can't change it. It's going to happen. I'll plan for it when I have a moment. It'll be fine. And then all the trees in my yard landed on my roof, and the insurance is paying for a new roof. Wow. So I know that's a bad example, isn't it? No, no, it isn't a bad example because the, the point was you you let it go and said, I'm not going to worry about this. You were in the moment. You were present. You said, I'm sure we'll figure this out. That It'll it'll work out. It's going to be okay. So you did. You let it go. And, and no, you're not, you weren't clicking your heels together three times saying, well, please bring in a natural disaster. I mean, right. that, <laughs> that, but also a beautiful, beautiful example of you never know how it's going to play out, but they show up to help us. They show up. And, you, and you, that's the thing is you don't know how it is going to happen. I have a client and she's been wanting a new job for so long and she's 
I think in the top five of what she does for a living. And she just wasn't getting the correct right job offer that would give her the compensation she needed and deserved or was in the environment she wanted to be in. She wanted to move closer to family and it just wasn't happening. And it was a real issue and a real block in her life. And I kept saying to her, I don't want you to focus on the how. I don't want you to focus on the company you want to be with. I just want you to start envisioning yourself living where you want to live, being close to family, not having that commute. Just spend your day visualizing and daydreaming how you want your life to look, not how you're going to get there. Surrender the house to the universe. And she said, okay, I'm going to do that. And she started doing that. And this, this miracle happened that's too personal for her for me to explain on, on the show. But these wonderful synchronistic events happen almost overnight, literally over the holiday. And now she's living exactly where she wants to live. No commute, close to family with the perfect job for her right now. Great pay, better pay. I love that story. Yeah, because that's, you have to hit that point though of, I'm done. You know, I'm, I'm at this, I don't know how it's going to happen. I'm just going to surrender that. Here's how I want it to look. It's kind of like when you read all those books on manifesting, they say, put your order into the universe, but let the waiter and the chef figure out how the heck to bring it to you. Mm -hmm. I think too, is if you catch yourself trying to have it turn out a certain way or have it be the specific person that you're you know, instead of saying, please bring me the person that's best matched as a partner in my life and saying, no, it has to be Joe and he has to do that. I mean, it, instead of like, let go and get out of the way, but also redirect the energy to yourself. Take a minute and take some deep breaths and think about releasing that resistance or give yourself a five or 10 minute break from it and go watch something silly or read us, you know, watch something online that's like a YouTube thing that's going to lighten your energy, you know, uh, or think about someone or a pet, a person, a situation that raises your vibration that you love, but redirect your thoughts from being obsessive and compulsive and narrow to raising your vibration and feeling better about the situation or better about yourself, redirecting it inward rather than outward. Um, and I think sometimes doing something for someone else or getting outside for for five or 10 minutes, anything that's going to take you out of trying to make it go a certain way, because we really don't have any control, even though we pretend we do. I have a really good quote to illustrate that. <laughs> good timing. Okay. <laughs> it's, um, it's by Phyllis Curat from her book, Witchcrafting. She says, rather than visualize capturing the heart of the gorgeous guy down the hall, who may well respond to your love, leaving you with the dilemma of what to do about his wife or his drinking problem or his football fetish, ask for the love that's best for you, that will make you happiest, or ask for the love of a soulmate, then trust the universe and your higher self to creatively take it from there. Perfect. And I think that illustrates what you were saying, like rather than saying, I want John, I think that was the name you used, to, to love me, that's showing a lack of trust in the universe that's showing a tendency to try to control the outcome and that is showing a resistance to surrender because as Phyllis is saying in this section here John you know he might be married he might have a drinking problem he might have you know habits or goals that are not in alignment with who you are but when you rise above 
what you think is best for you. And you simply trust the universe and trust your higher self and say, bring to me the love that's best for me. Bring to me the job that's best for me. Bring to me the relationships that are best for me, the spiritual understanding, whatever it might be. That is showing not only wisdom and maturity, but a total energy of trust. What just popped into my head as you were saying that was when, you know, you may be doing a reading or talking to a dear friend or having a conversation with one of your children and you'll say, let it go in this, and then they'll argue it. They'll argue that, well, no, because then this will happen or no. And when you start to argue against it, the possibility of this happening, you've jumped right into your ego. You're coming from such an ego-based place, which doesn't work with surrender. Totally. Exactly. And I mean, look, we've all done that. All the time. Yeah. But <laughs> I, think, I think moving from an awareness of when you're doing it is the key to shifting that. Yes. You know, um, McCall Erickson says, surrender is giving up what we think should be happening for what really is happening. And I think that's what you were talking about before, how sometimes people have these rose-colored glasses on and they don't want to see situations for what they are or they want to see people in a light they want to see them in. But surrender is about letting all of that go, your preconceived notions, your hopes, your wants, your dreams, and trusting that the universe has something better in store for you. Okay. And that can be hard. All right. And here's a, a, a little twist to this. So... I had put it out to the universe that I'm not going to go into specifics because I haven't given the person an answer yet, but I had put it out to the universe that I wanted to manifest a certain direction in my life and poof, it showed up and it surprised the hell out of me how quickly it showed up. Even though we talk about this all the time and this is what we do, I don't care who you are. It's still surprising when it's like poof, there it is. So I've been really juggling, trying to decide. And then this morning when I woke up, I thought, is this something I really want to do? Is this something that's going to bring me joy or is it going to feel like another responsibility? So even if it just shows up and you think, oh my gosh, it's there, I have to grab that, make sure it resonates with what you're feeling and thinking at the time as well. Go within and don't just grab it because it showed up. Does that make any sense? Yeah, that does. That makes a lot of sense. And I think you can, you can use this in your prayer life as well, that that energy of trust and surrender. Years ago, there was something that I wanted to do, but it required a lot of money. And I didn't know if I should do it. I didn't know if I should invest the money into it. I had tried every way I knew to manifest the money. And I just, I just didn't know. Maybe this just wasn't even my door. And so I went to church one day when, you know, it was just a normal, like a Tuesday or a Wednesday afternoon. No one was there. And I lit a candle and I just sat in the pew and I just prayed to God. And I said, this is what I really, really want to do, but I don't have the means right now to do it, which is fine. If you think I should do it, you got to make the money appear. If you don't think I should do it, then keep blocking me and I'll accept it. And mm -hmm. I really meant that. I meant every word of that. Now, meanwhile, we had a piece of property that we had bought years ago that we were not going to build on and we were, had been trying to sell it for years and years and years and nobody was buying. I had kind of forgotten about it, to be honest. And I come out of the church, I get in my car, and about 30 minutes later, I get a phone call from the realtor. I think she had it listed at that point for six, six and a half years. Mm -hmm. And she said, I just got a cash offer. Do you want it? 
<laughs> How can you not love that? That's okay. fabulous. Yeah. So I do that a lot with different things that I want to do in my life is I'll just surrender it to God and I'll just say, if this is supposed to be for me, make it clear, make it obvious. If it's not, keep, keep showing me the blocks. I'll, I'll figure it out. I promise. But I think that helps sometimes when you're at that crossroads and you're like, do I do this or do I not do this? Do I buy this? Do I not buy this? Do I trust this person or not trust this person? Sometimes just surrendering it and saying, I don't know. I need help. And that's a really good example of not waiting until you hit rock bottom or you don't feel like you have any options or you're rocking back and forth you know, trying to figure out when you're so overwhelmed that to get to that point where you, where surrender is all that's left by practicing what you just said, that's building that bond with spirit and that trust and, and increasing the faith aspect of things yes. that I know you're there and you'll take care of me so that when you do hit those really big ones, that's building up that reserve to say, okay, I, I trust you. I know that, that you're going to step in and not as a religious or a non-religious, but just as a connection. Yes, yes. Now, one thing Dr. Orlov points out um, in, in her book, and I, I will put a list of recommended reading on the Facebook page. She has a really good book called The Ecstasy of Surrender that talks about how you can actually incorporate different steps to embracing surrender in your life. And one of the things I highlighted in her book, she said, it comes from the heart. You can't do it with your mind. Mm -hmm. That is so important, especially for those of us who tend to do most things with our mind. I'm always thinking and plotting and planning and going over stuff in my head and ruminating. And once I move from that head to my heart center, that's when the gift of surrender comes into my life. So you can't think, well, Samantha and Denise said this surrender thing really works. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to tell myself I'm surrendering to this. But if your heart is saying, no, fight on, hold on, don't give up. It's not going to work. You've got mm -hmm. to get to that point energetically in your heart where you are ready to just give up to this and surrender it. And I think personally in that process, if you're not ready to surrender, if you are still holding on, if you think the fight still has merit, I don't think you should judge yourself for not being ready. That's a part of your journey too. Mm -hmm. That's an excellent point. She, uh, she also says in that book that uh, surrender, she calls it the anecdote to stress. And she says it's been proven to boost your brain's endorphins and serotonin. So there's actually science to prove that this helps. It's always good to have the science to back it up. It really is. I, I really do. I love when the science backs it up because it makes it less woo-woo, airy-fairy, and it makes it more real. Mm -hmm. Because if we, we function from both sides of our brain, and that I love that connection. I love when we can make that bridge between the two. I do too, because it really shows that this is real, that this isn't all woo-woo, that this and that this actually does work. Now, when you are thinking about surrendering to something, as, as we said before, it's, I think it's important to ask for help as part of the surrender process. And I think it's also important to ask for signs. You know, am I on the right path with this idea of surrendering to this stagnation, this financial situation, this job, this whatever it might be? 
ask for signs and they really truly will show up. You might hear a song over and over again that lets you know it's time to move on. You might, I, I have a friend for example and she's been on the dating circuit for a couple of years and she just, I don't know, I don't think she's, I think she wants someone in her life, not the one. Do you know mm -hmm. how there's a different energy with that? Very much so. So she's working on being okay uh, being alone. And I'm trying, you know, I love being alone, so I'm trying to help her. It's really good, <laughs> I promise. <laughs> but she started asking the universe for signs, and she always hears that song by U2, I Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For, mm -hmm. when she's with someone that's not the one. And that's, that's a great sign. sign. Yeah. So you just... You can ask for signs, you can specify a sign. I think it's best to kind of do it open-mindedly. Like you could say, show me a sign in nature and be open to a bird or um, a dragonfly or whatever a sign in nature would indicate for you. Or you could say, give me a sign through music. I think it's nice to kind of tell them what kind of sign you want, but don't specify, play you too. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. <laughs> But asking for signs is really an important part while you're learning to get comfortable with this idea of surrender. And you might be surprised how it pops up. I think I've told the story before. I know I've told it on my other podcast a lot, but it was just a powerful moment for me. I was having a situation with a member of my family where we just were not seeing eye to eye. I felt she was wrong. She felt I was wrong. And I just didn't know what else to do about it. And so I just meditated and I asked my guide, you know, I don't want to fight with her. I don't want to cave in. I don't know what to do. And I saw this image of she and I playing tug of war over this giant puddle of mud. And I heard my guide say, let go. Mm -hmm. And I let go of the rope. And in my meditation, she fell in the mud. <laughs> <laughs> And it was one of those situations where I think I was kind of right, and I think I was coming at it from a holistic family point of view, whereas she was coming at it more from this is what's best for me. And when I let go of that tension, it became evident to the family that she had mud on her face. And then that helped her to go, okay, maybe I should surrender to this and see it from the family's point of view rather than mine. Great visual for me. And sometimes if I'm dealing with an issue I need to surrender to, I'll have a flash in my head of me falling in that mud. And I know, okay, I'm holding on to this too tightly. I think it's important to just say that it's very brave to surrender. It takes bravery. It takes being courageous. And with that, if you're in, if there's a lot of aspects of your life that are feeling overwhelming or just taking these little baby steps to surrender about one will build that, that confidence and help you take another step and surrender even more. Yeah, it is. It's, it's steps. And remember, surrender isn't really something you have to do. It's more something you have to feel. Mm -hmm. You have to feel this point of, I'm just going to let this go. I, you know, I've had a lot of situations in my life that I've had to surrender to that have been really difficult and beyond my control. And over the holiday, my, a lot of my friends, we all got together and they were saying to me, oh, 
gosh, Samantha, the way you forgive and let things go, like you're just a saint and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I said, no, I'm not taking that. I am not a saint. I am not highly spiritual. I'm not elevated in any way. I just don't have the capacity to hold anger for a long time. And they said, what do you mean? And I said, think about it. When you are angry at someone for wronging you, when you are angry at a situation for not occurring the way you had hoped, that takes energy. When I'm angry, it takes up most of my energy. And it's, I feel like Atlas, like I've got the weight of that on me. And so I have learned to feel my anger. I think that's really important. Anger is a positive emotion. It really is. And when we suppress or repress anger, it still comes out. It just comes out as depression. Or so, physical. Or, yes. or physical Ill, illness or ailment or pain or it will manifest somewhere. I 100% agree. So I'm not saying, oh, I'm never angry. I'm just freaking Buddha walking around. No, I mean, I, I'm angry and I get pissed off and all of that. I just, I just have learned because the universe has given me a lot of chances to learn this, <laughs> that holding on to anger for a long time does not serve me in any way. And I, I remember for years I would, I would go to my therapist and I would say, I am right to be angry about this, right? And he'd go, oh, yeah, I'd be pissed too. And I'd say, okay, what do I do with it? I feel like somebody just handed me a hot potato. Remember that game, hot potato, yeah. hot potato? And I've got no one to pass it to. Like, I don't know what to do with this anger. And he would say, hold it. Just hold on to it. It will, it will tell you what to do with it. That was really hard for me to hear. But I learned to listen. And I surrendered to the anger each time it came. And what I learned was to validate myself. I think often anger seeks validation. Don't you, Denise? You yes, know, like, so. am I right to be mad? Didn't this person do wrong? Aren't I the right one in this situation? So I think anger seeks validation. Once I learned to validate myself and not need to hear it from other people, it helped me work through the anger and process it and incorporate it more healthily into my energy. And then I could let it go and move forward. And it can be a stepping stone to surrender. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes you do just need to get really angry and pissed off to push yourself to that point where you make some changes in your life or say, I need to let this go so I can move forward. I don't want it to impact me this way anymore. You know, there's, there's a story. I don't remember it specifically, so I'm just going to tell it in the way I remember it. But it's about a wise man helping someone understand anger. And he takes a glass of water and he pours a tablespoon of salt into it and asks the, the man asking about anger to drink that. And the man says, I don't want to drink that. It'll taste terrible. And then the wise man takes the tablespoon of sugar and he puts it into the river. And he said, will you drink from the river? And the man says, sure. And the wise man says, when we hold our anger in, it pollutes our whole being. When we let it go into the river of life, it's able to be absorbed. You know, the universe can handle the anger. Your energy cannot. So you've, you've got to let it go. And that image has always helped me. That's a beautiful image. Yeah. So I think it's important whenever we have worked hard to create something in our life or manifest a situation in our life and 
or if something awful has happened to us that we did not plan or deserve, I think the anger is a healthy, normal response. I think you need to feel it. You need to sit with it. You need to validate it. I think you need to share it with your river, meaning talk to a therapist, talk to a friend, write it down, get it out in your journal, get it out into that river of the universe in whatever way is amenable to you. And then you need to get to that place in your heart where you can let it go and say, I surrender. I let it go. Show me how to do this and ask for that help. And it'll just come to your life like grace. And it really does work that way. So I want to um, recommend some books before we wrap up. I mentioned Judith Orloff's book. There's another really good one by Michael Singer called The Surrender Experiment that I think people would really enjoy. And then there's Letting Go, The Pathway to Surrender by David Hawkins. Do you have any that you really like? No, the ones you mentioned are, are go-to books for me. Okay. The Power of Now, I know, by Eckhart Tolle is another good one. Yes. That's, that's a classic. Yeah, I know. Sometimes recommending his books is like saying, you know, The Course in Miracles is a really good book on spirituality. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's heard of it. But I will put those up on our Facebook page. And I think that does it for us on Surrender. What do you think? I think we covered a lot. And hopefully it helped a lot of people realize it doesn't have to be scary or overwhelming, that it can be a beautiful catalyst to moving forward. It really, really can. And you know, I'll finish with one more quote. Ram Dass says, the ultimate act of power is surrender. Yes. So Very surrender to the power, surrender to the idea of perfect timing. And thank you everybody so much for listening. We hope you tune in next week for our Community Connection Show. In the meantime, don't forget to show up, do great work, and share your light. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye.